in a biblical manner. And so I believe that this morning's sermon, as much as any that we'll read out of Scripture, is well needed for us. And so I want to see three things in Matthew 6 this morning. We're going to see that we don't pray for others to see us, that we don't pray in the hope that God will bend to our will, but we do pray according to God's will. We do pray in faith, and we do pray guided by the Scriptures. So let's look at the first of those three points that we don't pray for others to see us in the text. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 5, says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now if you were with us last week, we looked at this is very much the same principle that we saw Jesus applying to giving, right? Last week he told us to give to the needy, but not to make a public spectacle of it, to give to the needy, but not to do it just so that others will see us. Here he tells us this about prayer. He says, when you pray, don't do like the hypocrites do. Don't pray just so other people will see you and be impressed by the fact that you are praying, but instead do it in secret. Do it just between you and the Lord, you and your heavenly Father. Even if you're in secret, he will see, he will hear, because he is everywhere and he knows everything. And when we do it as a PR stunt, it's not an act of righteousness. But when we do it in secret between us and God, as an act of righteousness. And that's how he tells us to do it. So point one this morning, we should pray, but not to be seen by others. We should pray, but not to be seen by others. And I will say just a quick side note that that is beautiful to me, this, this idea that he says that when we pray properly, that there's reward for that. Now, this is similar to what we saw last week. The reward here, it's easy for us to think of, oh, if I pray in secret, then he's going to give me whatever I prayed for. That's not the understanding of reward that I have here. It's like we saw last week. When you do the right thing, there is reward. When we do an act of righteousness, there's reward that the Father has for us. And to think that, that when we are graciously allowed to talk to our Heavenly Father... That for talking to our Father, He is going to reward us for that. And it just reminds me of how generous and how good our God is toward us. But we do it in secret. We don't do it for others to see us. As we continue, look with me in verse 7. We see that we don't pray in order to get God to do what we want. Right? We don't pray so that He would bend and change His will to be our will. Verse 7, Jesus said, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And so, the, now, I'll go ahead and point out, many people love when the, the pastor acknowledges this one. Right, This section of prayer that, that you don't have to continue on and on, that your prayers don't always have to be really long and lengthy prayers. And people say, uh-huh, pastor, you need to take your own advice. 
But what we see here is not necessarily talking about that. It's not necessarily telling us not to be persistent in prayer, which is a biblical teaching that we should be persistent in prayer. But what we see here, I believe the context, he says not to do like the Gentiles did. And these Gentiles that were heaping up these empty phrases, what they would do is they would pray at length, and they would pray the same things over and over and over in hopes that it was kind of like they were badgering their God. The idea was, was if I say enough words, or if I talk long enough, or if I badger God enough, or if I babble on enough, you get the point, you see what I'm doing there? If I do that enough, that I'll wear him down and he'll give me the things that I want. It's kind of like trying to uh, apply the principle of the squeaky wheel gets the grease to prayer. If I pray about this thing enough times, long enough, over and over, that God will just eventually give in. See there in verse 7 it says, For they think they will be heard, and that idea of heard is not that, that somebody hears you, but it's that somebody listens intently. They think that God will listen intently for... Because of their many words, I think if they pray it long enough, hard enough, repetitively enough, that God will give ear to what they're asking. But instead, Jesus says, no, that's, that's not how this works. God already knows, he already hears us, right? He's everywhere all the time. We're already told that even if we're praying in secret, that he hears. So we know that he hears us if we're his children, but he says, he already knows what you need even before you've prayed. He's not going to give us something that goes against his will. Even if we ask, even if we ask over and over lots of times, he's not going to do that. So the idea here, what we should do is not be persistent asking God to bend to our will or trying to wear him down to give us what we want. But instead, we should be seeking in prayer that we would want the things that he wants. Point two, God doesn't answer our prayers based on their length or ornateness. Doesn't matter how fancy your prayers sound, doesn't matter how long you go on about them, those are not the things that are going to get God to answer your prayers. As Brother Shane read for us earlier, when we pray according to God's will, we're going to receive the things that we're praying for. So we know that we shouldn't pray for others to hear us. So we know that we shouldn't pray trying to get God to bend to our will, trying to wear him down in some way. So how should we pray? And that's what Jesus then turns his attention to. The third point is going to be pray according to God's will in faith, guided by the Scriptures. We're going to see these three things, I believe, in this Lord's Prayer, the model prayer that Jesus gives here. Pray according to God's will, pray in faith, and be guided by the Scripture. So Matthew 6, beginning in verse 9, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we have also, or as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then he says in verse 14 and 15, comment after, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, 
So here in this prayer, Jesus says, I've told you how not to pray. Now let me show you how to pray. Now it's not that we just recite this prayer every time we pray. It's not wrong to recite the Lord's Prayer. But you don't want it to be the only thing that you ever do. What this is, is a model of how to pray. Right? He says, pray then like this. Not pray then this. Pray then like this. He's giving us a model of how our prayers should look. Of what they should sound like. And he begins here by very humbly recognizing who God is. Our Father in heaven. And so our Father showing the close relationship we have with Him, the fact that He's in heaven showing the authority that He has. And so our Father in heaven, and in calling Him our Father in heaven, I think that He's recognizing the authority of God and He's also recognizing the privilege of of praying because here the word for our father is the one that we see Jesus praying in scripture it's abba it's the it's really closely related to like daddy right if you were talking to your father and you said daddy and you called on him in that way it's this this very personal address and it, it strikes me as so amazing that not only is Jesus allowed to call God daddy father but we are directed to call him that as well. Right? He is our father through faith in Jesus. He is our daddy for those of us that have become Christians because of the lordship of Jesus Christ. And I think how beautiful that we get to call him father. And he immediately moves into to praying concerning the things of God, what I refer to as Praying according to God's will, right? Not my will, not all worried about what I want, but he recognizes the privilege and authority that God has and the privilege of being able to pray to God, and then immediately, hallowed be thy name. What does that mean? That means your name be honored, right? He's praying, God, I pray that your name would be honored here on earth. That people would recognize who you are and how great you are and how amazing you are and that they would praise you in the way that you deserve to be praised. You want to pray according to God's will? Pray that His name will be praised the way that it should be praised. Hallowed be thy name. He continues, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he's praying that the kingdom of God, which has already come, Jesus has already made that clear. The kingdom is at hand. So it's not that he's necessarily praying for Jesus to come. What he's praying is that, that the rule and the authority of God would continue to be expanding and continue to be recognized by more and more people here on earth. He's praying that people here on earth would continue to do more of what God wants and less of what they want. Your will be done here as it is in heaven. And heaven, God's will is done perfectly. Nobody is going against the, the, the will of God in heaven. If you look at the pictures that we have of heaven, it's this beautiful place where people are worshiping God and singing praises to God and and laying down before the Lamb because of how worthy He is. And, and we should be praying, Father, I want those things to happen here. I want people to be more aware of who you are and to worship you and to, to praise you more. And so Jesus, after recognizing who God is and the privilege of prayer, immediately goes into praying these things about God's will. God, this is important to you, so it's important to me. God, you show me in Scripture that this is how things should be, and so I'm praying that they would happen in my life. And it has to be that too. It can't just be for the world. Yes, 
We should pray that more people in the world would recognize who God is and that more people in the world would bow their knee to Him and that this world that we live in and this country that we live in would be more like heaven. But brothers and sisters, this has to be personal as well. And this has struck me hard this week as I've looked at how I pray and how I need to pray. I need to pray that I would be more in tune with God's will and less worried about what I want. I need to pray that I would be more aware of His holiness and that I would be more in awe of Him. I need to pray that, Father, help me to be more aware of how amazing You are and how beautiful You are. Help me to see that and recognize that and think on that daily. I don't need to just pray that for lost people or for the church folks. I need to pray that for me. I need to pray that I would seek the things of His kingdom and not try and make more things part of my kingdom. I need to pray that I would be a person that more perfectly knows and follows the plans that God has. I need to pray that. I believe that you need to pray that. I believe Jesus tells us here that we need to pray that. And so I'd ask you now, when's the last time you prayed like that? When's the last time that you started your prayer by recognizing the authority of God and the privilege of coming before God? And then you just prayed, God, help me to be more in awe of you. God, help me to be more thankful for your holiness. God, help me to to quit worrying about all the things that I want and, and to be more focused on what you want. I think we need to pray more like that. And so we see there this this idea of of praying according to God's will. I also said that we should be praying in faith. And here as he moves to some petitions, right, some personal petitions, even those things are are things of great faith. Give us this day, verse 11, give give us this day our daily bread. And this is a a foreign idea for us because many of you are like, like we are. Thank the Lord that we have weeks worth of food in our freezer and in our pantry. But you have to imagine the context. These are people that are walking around that, aren't, that don't have a home. And so they are trusting God each day to provide food for them. Kind of like if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're, you're trusting God. You're praying that he will help you to stay well so that ends will continue to meet. And that's this idea here that, that they are trusting God, that we are trusting God to provide for our physical needs. Not only physical, but spiritual. Forgive us our debts, verse 12. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Praying that God would forgive us of our sins. And I would say again, what a prayer of faith. That we trust that God is able to forgive us of our sins, because He is. But it's something special that we know that and understand that. But we trust that He can forgive us of our sins, and that He will forgive us of our sins. There's a lot of faith in that prayer. We see a picture of the gospel. We have to recognize that Jesus came, that left heaven and came here, God in human flesh, that He lived a perfect life and died a perfect death. As we recognize the gospel, as we recognize that Jesus has risen and come back to life and is alive forevermore, we recognize in that that there is now a way that we can be forgiven. There is a way that God can justly forgive us of our sins. And so we can simply pray. It sounds so simple to say, God, forgive us of our debts. God, forgive us of our sins. But when you realize how great your sin is and how great our debt to God is, 
And we recognize what lengths he went to in order to rightly forgive us of our debts. I think all of a sudden it means a lot more. There's a lot of faith in that. But not only in the fact that we're praying that we'll be forgiven of our debt, but, but the idea that he continues with, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Brothers and sisters, that is a work that only God can do in you. Because if we're honest... It is not a natural propensity for us as humans to forgive people that have done us wrong. No, our natural inclination is to get back and to get even and to get revenge. But he's very clear in verses 14 and 15. This is the only part of this prayer that receives comment by Jesus at the end. But he's very clear. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither Will your Father forgive your trespasses? We see here this reminder that God expects His people to be forgiving people. How can I be a forgiving person if it's not natural to me? Because God has changed our natural heart into a heart that loves Him and loves His Word and loves His way. And so in this we see another picture of the gospel. Through Jesus' life and death and resurrection we can be forgiven And through Jesus' life and death and resurrection, we can be changed. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And again, we see a prayer of faith. That God not only provides for us physically, not only provides for us spiritually, but that God, that we are reliant on Him to keep us from Satan, to keep us from sinning, to keep us from doing the things that we want to do, but that we don't need to do. And so here in this prayer, what do we see? We see a recognition of who God is and the privilege of praying. We see that we should pray for God's will more than we pray for our will. And we see that our prayers should be in faith. We can trust that God can provide for us. We can look at the scriptures and see what God has told us he can do and what he's told us he is going to do. And that's the last thing I'll leave you with this morning. Is some of you say, Brother Zach, how can I learn to pray like that? Well, first of all, where is this model prayer found? It's found in Scripture. And we can look in the Scriptures and we can see prayers that Jesus prayed. So, so read this model prayer and think deeply on this model prayer. Look at the prayers that Jesus prayed and think deeply on those. Look at the things that Paul wrote in his epistles when he said, these are the things that I'm praying for you. Look at those things and think on those things and ask yourself, are these the sort of things that I'm praying? We've already seen in 1 John chapter 5 that when we pray according to God's will, we know that He hears us, and if He hears us, we'll have the things that we've asked. So look in the Scriptures and see what things God expects for you and pray those things. Right? Pray that God will help you to be a better spouse and a better parent. Pray that God will help you to be more loving and more kind to your neighbors. Pray that God will help you to be more gentle and more loving and more respectful and more generous because these are things that the Bible says God expects of His children. So they're part of His will, and when I pray them, I know that God is going to bring them about. So pray guided by the Scriptures. Pray according to God's will. Pray that we would do the things that He wants us to do. Pray in faith, knowing that He can do all these things. And let the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit that God has given us 
guide your prayer life. And brothers and sisters, I believe that we will pray prayers that will be much more acceptable and that we will see come to fruition more as we pray these things. If y'all would, let's practice these things that we've talked about and end by praying together this morning. Father, you are so good, and it is so good that we are allowed to call you Father, because we don't deserve that. And Lord, we come this morning, even sitting in vehicles in a cold parking lot, or standing here on a cold porch, which seems crazy to the world, but it's because you are worthy of our praise, no matter where we are. And Father, I pray that we take that, that as it's easy for us when we're here, when we're in this building together and we're around other Christians and we're, we're hearing songs of praise, Lord, it's easy for us to pray in that environment. It's easy for us to praise and worship you in that environment. But Father, I pray that as we go to work this week and we get caught up in the busyness of tasks and we get annoyed by things and people around us, Father, that in those moments that it would still be easy for us to praise you and worship you. Lord, that our hearts would not turn from you Every time we leave this parking lot until we come back, but Father, that we would be focused on you daily because I need that, Lord. I need more of you, and you know how desperately I need more of you in my life. So, Father, help me to be more cognizant of who you are and how glorious you are no matter what's happening around me. Father, you've provided for my needs for all of these years, and you continue to provide daily in ways that I could never expect. And Lord, you have forgiven me of a debt that was so great that I never deserved to be forgiven of it. And Father, you have kept me from sins that I didn't even know that I was tempted toward because you are that great and you are that marvelous. Lord, help us to, be recogni help us to recognize the things that you've done that we don't even know that you've done. Lord, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Father, help us as we leave here to be people that point other people towards you, that your kingdom would come and expand here, that your will would be done here as fully and perfectly as it is in heaven. Thank you for this opportunity to study your word together. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning. Just a couple announcements real quick. We are still going to be out here next Sunday. We know for sure past that. We're not exactly sure I'll be meeting with church leadership this week as we uh, look toward making those decisions. But next Sunday, the 17th, we'll still be here at 9 o'clock. We do know that for sure. So for those of you that are planners that want to make, uh, go ahead and make those plans, you know that that's coming. And also I did want to say that this year... We had one of the best Lottie Moon offerings that we've had in a long time, uh, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for what we were able to give. Remember, we gave a supplemental offering for Lottie Moon back in August, and when you put that together with what we gave in December, uh, you were very generous, and I'm thankful for your generosity. But not only that, but, but in your tithes and offerings and regular giving to the church last year, now that we've moved into 2021, we can look back and see you were faithful. Uh, and you don't give so that I recognize it up here. Uh, we talked about that last week, and I'm aware of that. But I just want you to know as your pastor that I'm thankful that in the midst of all that we had last year, in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of all those things, if there would have ever been a time that was easy for you as church members to say, well, I'm just not going to give this year. I'm not going to continue to give. Some of you were, you were very creative 
and how you gave. Some of you started giving online and you've never paid any bills online. Some of you were coming up here during lockdowns or mailing checks here. Uh, and I'm just thankful. I just want you to know that I'm thankful that I get to pastor a church that is faithful to attend and to serve in different ways and to give even in the midst of very hard times. And so last year, uh, on many different accounts, we are able to expand our food pantry ministry to a lot of new families. We were able to meet even whenever it had to be outside in the middle of August. Uh, you continue to give. We continue to reach people around the world. And so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for your faithfulness, and I'm excited about what 2021 holds for. So I pray that you have a good week this week. I pray that if we get some snow tomorrow that you're all safe and careful. If you have any needs, please let us know here at the church. If there are things that we could do for you, reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, But with that, I pray that you have a good week. Be careful as you go home, and we'll see you next Sunday morning at 9.